If you're loving the Bible Brief, will you take just a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? We're having hundreds of people every week try out the show, and we want you to help even more discover the Bible Brief. Potential listeners depend upon your reviews to learn why they should listen. So will you do us a favor? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Join the cause to help the world learn the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Abram is hot on the heels of the invaders in hopes of saving his nephew Lot from an uncertain fate. The war in the land is about to have its final battle. On the Bible Brief. Abram has pursued the four invading kings through the land of Canaan. After beating the other kings in the Valley of Siddim, these four kings are headed home with lots of loot and people to enslave. Not the least of which was Abram's nephew Lot. And with 318 men, Abram is pursuing them to save Lot. Let's find out if Abram is able to defeat the forces of these four kings with just his small band of fighters. And he divided his forces against them by night. He and his servants, and defeated them, and pursued them north of Damascus. Then he brought back all the possessions, and also brought back his kinsman Lot with his possessions, and the women and the people. Oddly enough, Elderly Abram is successful where others failed. In the middle of the night, he's able to overtake the enemy using just over 300 men. He rescues Lot and brings back everything that was looted from the cities of the valley. The question we're left with is this. How did Abram win? With so few men and in such little time, how did he beat four kings in one night? Well, we're going to find out at Abram's next meeting. Next, we see Abram meet with two kings. The king of Sodom, happy to have his goods back thanks to Abram. And another king not mentioned yet, Melchizedek. That's a name you'll want to remember, Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is from a place you'll want to remember too. A place called Salem, eventually called Jerusalem or Jerusalem. Let's read about this meeting. After Abram's return from the defeat of the four kings, the king of Sodom went out to meet him. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of everything. Now it may not look like it at first glance, but this is quite the event. Melchizedek brings out bread and wine, blesses Abraham, blesses God, and Abram responds by giving him a tenth of everything. Let's dig into this. First, let's talk about Melchizedek as priest. Here with King Melchizedek, we see the first specific mention of a priest in the Bible. Now, you should think of biblical priests as people who primarily function as go-betweens. People would come to them, and then a priest would go to God on that person's behalf. Like I said, a go-between. Now, in their function as priests, often animal sacrifice was involved as well. These animal sacrifices would be brought by people among the populace, and then the priest would sacrifice the animals to God on behalf of the people who brought them. People were giving up things that were supremely valuable— and often their means of income, their animals from their flocks. 
and they were giving up those valuable items to God. The priests, then, would facilitate this form of worship and would often have rules for their own lives that would ensure a measure of piety and purity to be able to function in the priestly capacity. We'll be talking a lot more about priests in the Bible as we move on, but here, with Melchizedek, we see the first explicit mention in the Bible. So we need to move forward with at least a basic idea of Melchizedek's occupation. He was a priest and a king. Now let's make another important observation. We don't know the lineage or the ancestors of Melchizedek. The one person to whom Abraham is inferior, which we know because he gave him 10% of everything, this person is one who we know nothing about historically. He doesn't have a historical blessing that we know about. He doesn't have the blessing of being a Shemite like Abram. Instead, what we see is someone who simply worships God as priest and king. Someone who brings a meal to Abram and blesses Abram after this miraculous battle that Abram was able to win. We see someone that Abram recognizes as a priest as he gives a 10% tithe to Melchizedek. This mysterious figure is one of the greatest priests mentioned in the Bible, and we don't know where he came from. Instead, we simply have to be content recognizing a truth that arises from our ignorance of Melchizedek. God calls people from all backgrounds and all lineages to worship him. While God certainly has a special relationship with Abram, as we've already seen, that special relationship doesn't exclude his desire to want all people to come to him and worship. Melchizedek is a worshiper of God from among Canaanite surroundings, from among nations who worship false gods. And yet, he is a priest of the one true God. We'll see more of these kinds of worshipers of God from other nations throughout the Bible story. But our last observation here must be this. Melchizedek answered the question of how Abram was able to defeat the four kings. Melchizedek says this, Blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Simply put, Abram won the war because God won the war. And this may have ultimately been Abram's motivation for giving this 10% tithe to Melchizedek. Abram knew that he couldn't have won the battle against the invading kings and saved his nephew Lot without God's intervention. Abram seems to understand that God's power to make him victorious in battle is no different than God's power to make his promises come to pass. Even in this gift to Melchizedek, Abram continues to be an example of faith in the midst of a wicked society. And speaking of wicked, we shouldn't forget about the other king who's been hanging out there while Abram is meeting with Melchizedek. The king of wicked Sodom addresses Abram next. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. The king of Sodom wants all his people back, but he offers to allow Abram to keep all the spoils for himself. Surely Abram would be rich for the rest of his days after accepting an offer like this. Think of the spoils from an army of four kings. And not only that, but the spoils that would be there after they had raided so many cities and nations. What an offer! But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted my hand to the Lord, God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. 
I will take nothing but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me. Abram accepted the meal of Melchizedek, the king and priest of God, but he rejects the offer of the spoils from the king of Sodom, king of that wicked city where his nephew had been living. Abram says no to the king of Sodom, lest he be associated with the wickedness of that city and that king. Abram has lived long enough to know that the spoils of wickedness may fill one up for a while, but after the filling is done, wickedness wants its due in return. Instead, he chose a more righteous path. Instead of taking goods, he gave up goods. Abram chose to give up 10% in honor of God rather than receive something that would make him indebted to a wicked king. Abram defeated the four kings, saved Lot, saved the people and possessions of the kings of the valley, and yet he took no spoils of war. He only gave from his own estate to Melchizedek, the great priest king of Salem. Abram received nothing, despite his decisive intervention in the region. Abram, you see, was waiting on a reward from God. Abram was waiting for the promises to be accomplished, those great promises from God of land, seed, and blessing to the world. That was the reward Abram wanted, but it was the one thing that seemed impossible. After all, Abram was still childless. Join us next time as we see a conversation between Abram and God. A conversation that begins with questions about offspring and escalates to a dreadful darkness as night falls in the land of Canaan. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible.